everybody. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter right here on Ignite Radio Live, Annunciation Radio. Or the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Blah, 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 blah. Annunciation Radio. <laughs> See, we're trying to switch it up and we really switched it up. That's okay. We're very excited that you're all with us on this hot summer night, this week of celebrating revolution and freedom which has its analogate with our own souls and our world, does it not? That we are about a revolution, a revolution of love. Not just love as we feel it or corresponding what we desire, but ordered to the good, the beautiful, the true God who reveals his son, Jesus Christ, to awaken us, remind us of the nature of love, self-giving sacrifice for the good of another. So tonight we get a double feature again. In just a moment, we're going to queue up episode four of our Family Road Trip podcast. We're on uh, the fourth episode, of course, of this journey of four couples. And then following that, we have two live callers. We have Brett Hunterbrinker and John Mark Grodi. who are going to call in and share with us a little bit of the excitement of what's unveiling and challenge with this awesome men's movement called Pentecost 90. If you're curious about that, you can check it out in advance now at Pentecost90.us. What's it about? In simple form, it's about igniting men in everyday faith. So with that, buckle up and get on board for Episode 4 of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Here we go. And welcome to another very special episode of the Family Road Trip Podcast. We're so excited you guys are with us. The us as Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our four wonderful, courageous, heroic couples. So folks, we want to direct you to I Love My Family. Yes, we do want to direct you to Love Your Family, but ilovemyfamily.us because these wonderful co-journers with us, they've committed every week to talking and praying in their homes to encounter God more alive in their relationships in a special way, and we know the challenges of that. So yes, that, but in general, is that ought to define our journey all the time. The great adventure of family that God gives us to image the Trinity, and that's what this is really all about. So um, just to kind of lead this lead this off a little bit in a personal sharing, I guess, this past weekend, six of us met in my beloved homeland of Wisconsin, where our good friend Tom Brannigan, in addition to being a owner of a communications company and a wonderful Catholic man and family, he also has always loved the band, the rock band, The Who. You know the Who, John Entwistle, is one of the best bass guitarists ever, God rest his soul, pray for him. And Tom, from the earliest days in high school, loved the Who and loved John Entwistle. It's a cover band that they have called Substitute. So awesome place, biggest music festival on the planet. There's 12 stages for two weeks in Summerfest, Milwaukee. Was so blessed to join for that occasion. Stayed at Tom's house. Here's the point. Over all of these years, I've known Tom for probably 40 years But it's been the dynamic of sharing, the dynamic of sharing our faith in particular, of navigating through so many different things in our lives and sharing those things that made our interaction extremely rich this past weekend. So really imagine yourself now in your family, what kinds of conversations, where will you be at 5, 10, 15 years down the road? What makes it most rich is spending that time to really get inside each other, to really understand um, the struggles, the challenges, and that's what the Live It Gathering is all about. 
So we're glad to have you along for the ride, the road trip, the family road trip podcast uh, with our four wonderful families. And we're going to go around first and ask the question of each one to share just a brief tidbit. In the past week, please share a way you evidently saw God alive in one of your children. So um, this is Ellen. Just want to share with Gianna, our oldest. I know we've had some struggles with her in the past, but seeing her um, with her brothers, how sometimes she can really mother them and just kind of guide them in the right direction (laughs) with whatever they're doing or the way she cares for them um, this past week has been very sweet to see. That's awesome, especially with the new babies coming very soon. I'm sure that stood out in a special way. T-minus six days or something like that. When is the due date again, Ellen, so we can keep you in prayer? Um, It will be this Friday, so four days. Wow, that's awesome. Brett? Vaughn's actually been kind of reminding us each week, either... Our, is it time for our living guide, or have we done our living guide this week? <laughs> More specifically, just each night, uh, depending on how, when the kids go to sleep, uh, usually they go all to, but together at the same time, but sometimes we forget. He really wants to pray together as a family. That is awesome. Not just me and him, or mom and him, or mom and Gianna. Um, he really wants to pray all together as a family. That is really awesome. God bless you, Vaughn. Great little leader man. Hummusons. So we're all in the car heading to southeastern Ohio and in the van and our van decides to break down. Oh no. No, it did not. On the expressway, yeah, it starts to decelerate. So my 20-year-old is driving and thanks be to God, he's a mechanic. Yes. And he asked Siri where the nearest auto zone was. And our four-year-old says, all right, everyone, start praying. Pray with me now. That's awesome. (laughs) That's great. And they're asking Jesus to get us (laughs) to where we need to go. And it was just really cool because I think, because we're so used to praying together now that it's just second nature. So That's beautiful. um, And we, we made it to camp. So, Nikki, you mentioned camp. So we're in Bloomingdale, Ohio, which is 20 miles away from Steubenville. And uh, it's a beautiful camp, Catholic family land with the Apostle of Family Consecration. So we're here with 100 families for the week. And uh, it's just really a time to have fun and pray together. We just um, prayed a family rosary um, with with 100 families. And there's horseback riding and swimming. And the kids were in a softball tournament. And... Just really a bunch of amazing families. And um, I have to say, our favorite ministry is Mass Impact, but oh. this is second. That's awesome. awesome. We'll share it gladly with them. They're beautiful people, and we obviously are uh, on the same team. So it's awesome. Thank you, Nikki. Jeff, do you have a story? All right, so uh, we're at we're at a big group rosary, and the leader of this rosary is asking a lot of very specific questions about the particular mysteries of the rosary. And our younger kids are up with a group, and we can't really hear. But the guy's got a microphone; he's going, passing it around, and asking the little kids, you know, very challenging questions. But I'm sitting next to my older sons, my two oldest sons. And we're just whispering, you know, they, it was kind of neat. They know, they know these particulars or they know these specific answers. I think they got nine out of 10 and some of them were really tough. You're a child of God, no matter who you're not, we're the bride to be, of Jesus, you and me, the church of unity. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you. Benars. 
whenever we get to that part of the prayer where we have apologies, it's difficult, especially for the boys, to say any apologies. And today they had a pretty big argument and there weren't any apologies <laughs> um, during, the, <laughs> during that time. And, but later in the afternoon, I, I was kind of hanging out and they both, they both ran and jumped on the couch next to me. And then they just said spontaneously, they both apologized to one another, which is really unusual. I mean, I can't tell you <laughs> the last time that ever happened. Like that was a fruit of what we've been doing that's awesome it was like tilling the soil and it went through right that's awesome daniels okay. you got something for us so we spent last week at the beach in north carolina and ours comes from or mine came from that experience our oldest joe went out fishing with one of my sister's um boyfriends not really sure where he's at um in his faith but they were walking back and Joe is walking back on the pier and singing as loudly as he can um, <laughs> the song that he learned in school at Holy Trinity, I Will Make You Fishers of Men. Oh, fishers that's awesome. Of men. Um, and that's it was great. just a really, just a sweet moment um, to see, you know, that that's, that's where his, his mind was. So Jesus wants us to be like children. And how often, Matt, do you go down the hallway past the bishop's office and just break out in spontaneous praise Welling up inside of you. No, it's applicable to all of us, though, isn't it? That we ought to have, number one, that delight and that joy and that attunement and fearlessness, not worry about what people may think, the way adults kind of shut down. And I think this is what Jesus meant when he said, be like children. So anyways, I'm very blessed by little, little, little brother Joe. And that's what a little evangelizer, right? Who knows the effect that that had. That's great. Matt. Greg, we sing every Tuesday with the bishop. Every Tuesday. <laughs> that's awesome. But this is spontaneous. You know, the ritual, safe, defined place, that's good. My challenge to you is when you got that in your, in just welling up inside of you spontaneously going by his office, I don't know. You just bring bring that song. It's probably good I don't. Um, <laughs> that's true. Don't we want you to stay in that job. Right, Yeah. <laughs> My my little story also has to do with song. Um, this past Sunday we were at mass, and um, Luke, our two year old, um, he doesn't really sing in tune with anything, but he zealously sings the Alleluia, mm. and and usually even once it's over, he'll he'll continue a couple more. Um, <laughs> that is so moving. Awesome. It's just so much fun to sit with him when 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 we get ready to, to listen to the gospel. He's he's. Still going. Be fire, I think. He's yeah. bringing it. That was awesome. <laughs> so, folks, we're delighted to have you with us along the ride for the Family Road Trip Podcast. Just something about summer. It's breaking open wide. Just uh, family activities, the likes of which we don't really choose to do or get to do throughout the year. And we're blessed to be sharing the stories of talking and praying in our home. Going up for the Spirit from on high. 
now and if you could just kind of give us a quick report on uh, how things went this past week let's start with the hunter brinkers uh this week uh we were traveling back from ellen's brother and sister-in-law's home in fremont and so we decided to do it in the car since we had the kids undivided attention they were strapped in and couldn't go anywhere <laughs> right uh, and actually it was it was really uh really good both gianna and vaughn had some uh, much better answers much deeper answers um for to the level that they can go to right now um but even gianna just um when ellen was reading the gospel and we kind of asked the questions that are in the living guide but then we kind of bring it back like are there any words that you didn't understand or maybe mm. that you want great question it? for little ones and Gianna, just like out of nowhere, I can't remember the word she asked for, but like messenger. it was messenger. Like, what does the word messenger mean? Oh, and like that, and she's like, it just came out of nowhere. I'm just like, it startled me for a second. And the way that Ellen was able to answer it, and, and we were able to move on with that, it was just wonderful. And so that's I love so the cool. To go a little deeper than that. That word speaks to me, messenger. Euangelion, the Greek of evangelization, literally means good message. Or even Angel, the messenger, which is what an angel does, called to be angels. So, Gianna, thanks for uh, being a little angel to us all. God's child in the city. God's child in the city. Hummusons, how about your overall report? Well, um, since we did ours at camp, we were in our cabin, in this little tiny cabin, and I think just the atmosphere of the week um, just lended itself to really um, just an authentic sharing, and um, it was it was just very peaceful. I think out of all mm. of them, it was it was the most peaceful, and we've just gotten along really well this week. And the Holy Spirit just has been <laughs> moving, rocking so, it out. That's awesome. Yeah, grateful, grateful for that. Thanks so much. Ours. We did ours at the regular scheduled time this time, which was on Sunday morning. Catherine gets up early and prepares a nice breakfast. What a woman. Yes, and we sit down, we eat, and then we start start the questions and we go through them. But this time it was very, very much more peaceful than the previous Good. couple of times and i think there is more of an of an acceptance everybody participated i know you are the one god in heaven's only son you created me so christ i'm about to lose my rights you made me so there you have me i'm so blessed you came into my life the wonderful daniel's family yeah, it's going really well for us. Um, I guess I guess two anecdotal stories from our last uh, this past week. So our time is also on Sundays, Sunday evenings, and um, our fun question for the week was, "What would you do if you won a million dollars?" And our our four year old <laughs> James said um, that he would buy a house, and and I said, "James, would this house be like one for the family or one for just you?" And he says, "No, just for me." Um, and, and, 
and I'd let John live in it with me, and Aww. that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and then later on, when we were doing apologies, um, he initially said, you know, he doesn't have, he said, oh, I don't have any apologies. And one of his brothers mentioned something, and, and he looked up and he says, oh, yeah, I need to apologize for that, too. Um, so it's, I think, Aww. just we're continuing to enjoy seeing how like, our kids think and um, how they understand what what this time means uh, to us as a family. That was awesome. Folks, so blessed to have you along the ride with this family road trip podcast. Again, four awesome couples. We're on the fourth stop of this seven-week journey, uh, challenging each other to set aside this sacred time to talk and pray using this Live It Gathering Guide. You can find it at ilovemyfamily.us. And just to make the point again before we go around one more time that, yes, uh, we want this to be organic and natural. We want it to be lived. But we ask the question, when's the last time you really did that? When's the last time you really sat down and mined the gold of your spouse or children, what they're thinking, challenges, victories, how they're thinking about things, opportunities to apologize, the blessing of that Truly, living water that flows when we make that time. And let's face it, there are a lot of distractions that keep us from doing that. A lot of excuses. We're tired all day at work and we get home and maybe it's it's easy just to immerse ourselves in digital passive entertainment. And so I just challenge you all to join us. Make the commitment. As difficult as it is, and we acknowledge this, if you see the image we use, uh, it's an image of a road with foreboding skies and lightning hitting the road. And sometimes, if we're really honest, that's the way we feel as parents in wanting to do something like this. Or we feel like that's the kind of reaction we may get from our family members. But you're hearing the honest testimony of families here that are doing this, that are saying yes and the blessing that's coming from it. So we're going to go around now and uh, final round for this episode four as we're now halfway through this journey. And again, there's nothing to say we shouldn't continue. In fact, the hope is that this opens up, forms us, all the family members to recognize the, the joy and the delight of doing this. So let's go around one more time. As parents, one of you, if you could share, what is your greatest challenge and blessing in weekly family lit group so far? Let's begin with the Hundermakers. I think um, for us, the biggest blessings have been um, having intentional conversations with our kids, even though they're young. I think we forget that we can have those kinds mm, of conversations with right, them. Right. Um, it's just so easy just to get through the day without really talking mm. about meaning. So I think that's been good for us and good for the kids to learn how to dialogue like that. Um, but then the challenge is for us to continue to work on our patience with them during um, when we go through the gathering guide, just mm. when they want to get distracted or side railed or whatever. Um, just for us to help them keep focused in a positive way so it doesn't feel like it's something we have to get through, you right, know, so it's something right. we want to enjoy. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Hummusons. Yeah, hi. Uh, challenge it would be we have um, older, well, no, they're, we have young adults, and they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to navigate all these things, uh, school, you know, the future, career, and then mm-hmm. on top of that, you know, as a young man, they're thinking about their own, perhaps, family. Mm. And I don't want to get too, you know, personal or specific on that, but I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. And so trying to help young men navigate the challenges of that, you know, and, and knowing that there's a lot of uh, negative forces at work yeah, and trying during, during our conversation and trying to help them navigate it from 
from my perspective. And then, um, so th those challenges are very real and very serious uh, as mm -hmm. any, any human, as any human person who has gone through, gone through that, any, through human development, through the stages of human development would, would be able to, to say, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's a very serious time of life. So, but that, and so that is very challenging, but the gold of that, as you were saying earlier, like, uh, you know, mining the gold of your spouse or your family is that, that we have the capability to do it and that we actually, that we actually engage it. We actually get to do that versus just maybe just ignoring it and just letting, letting the, letting it happen without any conversation at all. And the lit gathering, and, is great. And the lit gathering you know, helps with, to facilitate that so that that those conversations can happen so you can you can get guidance from people in your family jeff that is uh that is amazing i'm so grateful for that testimony when's the last time folks you had a real heart-to-heart -heart, meaningful conversation with your young adult children if you ask the children the young adults when's the last time you had a meaningful conversation where you could be completely honest where you felt comfort in being heard, listened to in spite of the challenges you face, that the uh, stage was set, so to speak, by your parents, inviting you, caring about you, to really talk about struggles that you're having, that you can have a context of blessing. Benares. I would say that the blessing is the guide itself creates the, the framework where you can have these conversations or it kind of guides you through the difficult moments you know, you're, you're reluctant to apologize, but here comes the time for apologies. And mm -hmm. so, you know, this past time, this last time, it was the parents who had to apologize. There are so many opportunities uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. or excuses to to not do it, but... Right, right. That's you know, reality. That's awesome. But then it's creating the habit. So, so hopefully by the end of it, it will be expected and especially the kids will want to do it, you know. Daniels. So like the Hunter Brinkers, we have young children. And I think our the blessing that I've seen is very similar to what I heard them say in that just having conversations, um, real conversations with our young children. And every week that we finish the Live It Guide, I feel like I know our kids better. Mm. Um and that has been a blessing for us. Um, the challenge, I think, also echoes, you know, having young kids, although I, I'm not sure that that as they get older, it will, will differ, but just staying focused and not, right. um, you know, we have little ones that are kind of running around while we do our guide just because, you know, he's one. We kind of have to like, okay, let's bring it back in. Everyone sit on the couch. Let's move on to the next question, you know? Right. So I think that has been our biggest challenge is staying focused and um, keeping the kids' attention for, you know, the period of time that it takes to, you know, move through the guide. So that was awesome. <laughs> Folks, again, blessed to have you with us. It shouldn't take audacity, but it does. Let's just name it that. It takes an audacity to say, 
as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will put a flag in the sand and make sacred time and space and cultivate it even when they're little and they struggle with distractions and such. And for them to have that encounter early on of something sacred, something meaningful, something valuable. And even further tonight, you heard some wonderful testimonials of the value of creating that space where we can share meaningful things, where forgiveness takes place. Um, That that is grace truly, that from that flag in the sand that flows into the family, into the sense of the way we think about one another, makes us aware of the needs and concerns of one another, and uh, truly um, fosters that capacity to love and to be loved. That's the greatest (coughs) two needs that we all have, isn't it? To love and to be loved. And it's meant to happen at its very core in marriage and family. You know, do the stats, folks. Look at the stats of families that choose to do these sorts of things with God at the center and those who do not. And this is decisive. I mean, this is a game changer. And what it does is it essentially says we want to receive more than Holy Communion. We want to become a Holy Community. I'll say that again. This is about more than just receiving Holy Communion. It means that we are going to live that Holy Communion. It's going to flow in our relationships. And we encourage you to to say yes to that, no matter how far away or removed or fearful or trepidation or awkward you feel, we've all got that. We've all got the fog and the debris and the doubts and the stuff from our youth and, you know, maybe an absence of being formed to do this in our homes. This is not just for quote-unquote special parents or special families, but it is what makes us special. So blessed to have you along with us in the Family Road Trip podcast, this fourth stop of the seven-week journey. We'll look forward to being with you next time. God bless you. We're back with you live here, Greg and Stephanie Schleter, Ignite Radio Live. We've been airing at the front end of our program, the Family Road Trip podcast. You can hear the past episodes. This is episode four of seven, this Journey Reality Series. You can listen to it all at ilovemyfamily.us. And you may have been a little intrigued by the music. What is with this popular music with lyrics that you're maybe not used to? If you picked up on that, that's really cool. Why? Well, we're concerned maybe about copyright infringement and those sorts of things, which we should be, as I had a little bit of an education on that. So these are thoroughly, we have total permission from this group called Apologetics. I've known Jay Jackson for many years. They've played throughout the world, and they play this awesome popular music that we grew up with, and they uh, add lyrics to it. So they're essentially a parody band, and you can Find out more about them, Apologetics, A-P-O-L-O-G-E-T-I-X.com. And so we'll be weaving in some of those songs, which is kind of cool, just as uh, obviously the faith component is into these songs, these uh, catchy um, tunes that we're used to having. So we're going to shift gears right now to the second half of our night, and I want to set it up this way. Gentlemen, whether you go to Mass or don't, whether you are very active in faith-oriented things on a weekly basis, daily basis, the reality is most of us are experiencing travails, challenges, and struggles, not because God is withholding, but because we're not making the time to receive. So struggles internally is where it begins, right? And it extends into our marriages and families, and maybe some of us have been kind of unpeacefully coexisting with faith. We go to church and maybe it's more of a torture. 
because it promises this freedom, this deliverance, this joy. And yet after that hour, we maybe have a residual kind of peace, but we find ourselves in the same old habits with our spouses, with our families at work. And we're asking the question, where's the power? And again, I will say, are we receiving, are we, are we taking the time to receive that grace overflowing into our lives? So, um, where did Pentecost90.us come from? Where did this, how did this emerge? Well, it's brand new. It's ground floor. And essentially, it emerged out of this region of Toledo, Ohio, where men who've been doing Exodus 90, which typically ends on Easter, so 90 days of a rather rigorous foundation of, of um, seeking freedom, said after a few weeks into Easter, you know, we really need, if you will, a roadmap of regular, ordinary, everyday faith a capacity to be united as men to receive grace. Not necessarily anything exceptional, but what are maybe seven basic things that we ought to do to receive that grace in our lives? So I'll first direct you to Pentecost90.us, but I'll give you these seven commitments that we make without really going into detail because they're kind of self-explanatory except for number five. Uh, Commitment number one is the sacraments, obviously. Number two, daily personal prayer. Which of us set aside 20 minutes of meaningful prayer, especially time to be still and know that he is God? That's the foundation to receive that grace. Number three, Friday fast. Do we take time to unite ourselves with Christ in that scripture passage that says there are certain demons that can only be cast out by fasting? Well, our church has long asked us to fast on Fridays, and we're inviting brothers to do that, to make it a day of fasting in a particular way, if you can do it, to give up breakfast and lunch, only drink water, and only to have that supper. I know it's tough, but uh, God blesses us with it. Number four, a weekly time of adoration. Again, ideally an hour, but even if you can just stop in and be in the presence of Christ. To receive radiation therapy is what Sherry Waddell calls it and other saints. To be in the presence of Jesus, to be still and know that he's God in the presence of Jesus. Number five, the big challenge. And I think this is perhaps even greater than what men are challenged to with Exodus 90, daily cold showers and all that. Well, hear this. Family leadership. Kind of three sub-points here. Number one, a weekly dedicated time of leading our families and talking and praying, like the Family Road Trip podcast, using a Live It Gathering Guide. It's transformational. So number one, when's the last time, men, you set aside time for uh, your family to talk and pray and really get to know each other well? Number B, let number B, letter B, um, presiding over all media consumption, ensuring time and content is consistent with forming disciples of Jesus Christ. And C, we know this is a huge challenge for many also, no cell Sundays. Well, what's that all about? In this culture, let's face it, most of us, not even many of us, most of us exhibit addiction to these devices. Well, if on the Lord's Day, we can't set aside these other lords that are competing for affections and and, uh, recognize the Lord, especially on that day, we ought to really question who has captivity over us, who has dominion over us. Number six, brotherhood, encouragement, and accountability. We commit to gathering at least once a month to really help each other grow and to be, you know, uh, specifically focused on these things, that we're really taking the time to receive these things. Finally, number seven, an end-of-the-day examine, that we are uh, taking that time to look over our day, and there is a uh, capacity, uh, a little easy structure to follow there. So with no further ado, I have two wonderful brothers. One is just calling in. One is on the phone with us. Two brothers that are really at the ground floor with me, and I'm so blessed because they're in it. They're in it in spite of having big families. They're in it in spite of pregnancies. I think both of them. They're in it um, with the challenges of work and everything else. They're saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and I want to receive the grace here. So 
I welcome, join me in welcome. You can clap at home. We'll hear I'll it. Clap in studio. <laughs> John Mark Grodi and Brett Hunterbrinker. How are you guys doing tonight? This is your cue. You guys can actually talk. <laughs> doing great. I was going to let John Mark go first. You're so polite, Brett. John Mark, are you on mute? Because kids screaming in the background or something. You there, buddy? I am on mute. Yeah. Whoa, awesome. Coming in loud and clear. Hey, brothers, it is awesome to have you guys, uh, and welcome you guys. Talking Pentecost 90, I already kind of set the stage here. Um, Just as way of introduction, John Mark, why don't you introduce yourself, where you work, your family, and then Brett, kick in. Sure. Uh, John Mark Brodi, uh, my wife Teresa, and I have been married for uh, nine years now. We have four kids and one uh, more to be due this August. Beautiful. Uh, let's see, we live here in Perrysburg, Ohio. Uh, my father grew up in this area, and he, he has a show on UBTN. That's where many people have heard our family name before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I work with him in the Coming Home Network International, which helps uh, non-Catholic Christians who are uh, studying and, and discerning uh, to, about becoming Catholic. And so we have a little office here in Perrysburg, and we attend St. Rose Parish down by the river. Awesome. Before we transition to uh, Brett, just uh, John Mark, because I've been having some great conversations with really good non-Catholic Christian brothers um, who are sincerely pursuing the truth. They are guided by the proposition that there is a truth. Christ is the truth. God is the truth. I want to follow him unswervingly. You have, in your history, in your dad, in your organization, seen how many men and women come to the fullness of the Catholic faith with every single question there possibly is an obstacle, but have asked those questions sincerely, have had them answered, and have found themselves in the folds of the Catholic faith? How many? Oh, thousands. Oh, uh, my from, goodness. From every, every denomination or background you could, you could possibly think of. Uh, and, you know, the, it's the Coming Home Network because one of the, the things that we think that we can provide is precisely that fellowship, that you know, if you're coming from a particular background with your particular practical or theological questions, there is someone out there uh, who has has asked those similar questions. And we're not here to push, pull, or prod anyone to the Church, but we do believe that the Church is the one that Christ established, and that He's calling Christians into reunity, to, to come back together as the healed body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so... That's a matter of working together, praying together, discerning together, and so this is a this is a ministry of accompaniment, and we we welcome whatever background you're coming from. We'd love to talk to you about awesome. your journey. Awesome! Give us a website. Yeah, www.chnetwork.org. Fabulous, Brett Hunterbrinker, counting down the days, hours, minutes, and seconds to Ellen's birth of numero. Quattro and Cinco, the twins. Introduce yourself. I had to introduce the most exciting part. But anyways, tell us about yourself. Right? <laughs> Stealing yeah. the thunder. Husband, father, uh, married to Ellen for eight years plus now. I uh, have five beautiful children, uh, two to come, uh, number four and number five, coming uh, in two days on Friday. Uh, and Or three days, I guess. I don't know, two and a half. And, uh, yeah, I work for the Diocese of Toledo. I'm in the Discipleship and Family Life Office. I'm the Coordinator of Evangelization, uh, although I'm off for the next two and a half weeks uh, paternity leave. So if somebody wants to be evangelized in the diocese, I guess I'll have to call (laughs) Richard Malm or something like that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so. Oh, I'm reserving my comments. No, I love Richard. God bless you, Richard. I love Richard. So, brothers, let's get down to business a little bit, and let's be really candid. And I want you just to kind of take the gloves off. We're brothers. We know the challenges and struggles it means 
happens to be married and men and visual and uh, desires that we have and needing to order them towards God. I think they're kind of two key issues that this speaks to, this Pentecost 90 idea. And number one, which maybe we'll just start with that, is maybe a crisis of commitment, a crisis of, if you will, faithfully receiving the grace that God wants to pour out more than just the initial moment where something is revealed to us or an event or a weekend or a day, but sort of that the fabric of our lives is one of response to revelation and the challenge, the stuff that stands in the way and moderates us. So I'm going to throw that at you, John Mark, first, and then Brett, um, whatever you have to offer of what are some of those things that really keep men from making solid commitments and the blessing when we do make those commitments? What do we have to look forward to if we do dig in? Well, you know, one of the things that I come back to often in my life is um, I think a unique aspect of our time in history versus any other time in history is just how quickly things change. Mm. You know, 50 years ago or 100 years ago, even then you still could count on, you know, the the basic structure of society and day-to-day life holding somewhat steady, you know, for a good portion of your life. But I just think in, in the course of my my 30 years, um, you know, the, all the technologies, you know, the rise of social media, mm-hmm. cell phones, transportation, everything, it just moves so fast. And I think the, the problem with that is um, I don't know personally what holiness, what a saint in 2019 looks like. Mm-hmm. I can look back 50 years, 100 years, and begin to get glimpses of, you know, how, how Louis and Zelly Martin, St. Therese of Lisieux's parents, how they kind of structured their family life. But I think in just the past 5, 10, 20 years, we have such a a dizzying array of novelty that it's hard to to, to get our bearings. And and so I guess what it comes down to is, to some degree, we're we're breaking new ground. You know, the truths are the same, but how we apply those with, as you were talking about earlier, with, you know, the, the, the modern cell phone that seems to follow us everywhere. We can't get away from it. That's just a new situation in addition to dozens of new situations we all find ourselves in. So I think, again, as you said, that the crisis is one of you know, constant novelty and needing to, you know, to, to take that much more of a decisive step to say, you know what, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm not going to stop until I figure out you know, what, what, what would it take for me and my home to praise the Lord. Uh, as my my good friend Don Russell, another uh, mm-hmm. friend of mine here in in the the area, has said recently, if it's not ideal, consider it temporary. Every mm-hmm. aspect of our lives, if it's not leading us to holiness, consider it temporary, and in need of change and in need of sub, uh, submission to the Lord. Go Don. So again, that that's the crisis is that it's it, we're kind of in completely new territory, and we have to, especially as men, you know, be decisive and bold. Uh, and, and recognize that if we're not uh, making these experiments, if we're not striking out and figuring out what it looks like to be a saint in 2019, mm-hmm. the world is more than happy and ready to fill our lives uh, and to inform our lives and to structure our lives in the way that it, it would prefer to do so. So love- we have to lead. We have to step out first. I love what you're saying, and I think Screwtape Letters gives us insight into the mind of the enemy and how he would present good things to us that are heavily tainted or toxic. And one of the things that we ought to look at right now, I think, and you identified a lot of this, is the novelty. Are our souls just pining for the next spiritual amusement park ride? 
to get on, go up and down, run and around, exciting, come right back where we started and get on with the next ride. Kind of like a spiritual uh, cedar point, so to speak, familiar in our neck of the woods, right? And uh, I think if we really got to ask the questions, you know, at what point do we seek to navigate beyond sort of uh, like a marriage, uh, the, the imagery of, of betrothal? What point do we navigate beyond just um, a fascination with this bride of ours that's Christ and our family? and really get on with actual commitment. What are your thoughts, Brett? I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot I can add to John Mark, because that was just well said. It's just it's a lot of just noise in today's world, mm-hmm. and it, there's just, uh, it, it, we, have to do, we have to be very, um, I don't even know what, what the word I'm looking for is, but we have to be very careful on what we choose to watch or choose to turn on or, choose to buy even i mean i could have the new cell phone every six months and 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 up you know the latest greatest newest gadgets and gizmos and toys um or i can spend some time and energy and money on my family and my children and and bringing them closer to christ and and ultimately in the day like like john mark said 100 years ago they, they didn't have to worry about cell phones and and this and that and and I was just listening to, uh, on the way to work the other day, a, a good book about uh, Winston Churchill's uh, biography, autobiography and all the things that he went through um, less than 100 years ago, um, but he doesn't have all the different distractions that we have today. And so um, just the mode of transportation and everything about it is just totally different. And so the fact that we just need to... Um, Put our cell phones down, and I, I mean, I know we only have to do it on Sundays for this Pentecost 90, but um, I, I make it a point is when I get home from work, is my cell phone goes on the shelf mm-hmm. uh, until my kids are in bed, and then my wife and I try to have discussions and conversations, um, and then That's I'm awesome. able to pick it up maybe at the end of the night just to give it one last check. But we have you. to make those intentional decisions. That's awesome. And it's tough. It's never going to be easy, and it tests where our affections lie, and it's good for us, to be honest, as brothers. Uh, I want to raise um, the second maybe practical question, and that is one of the degree to which we men are really earnestly praying. And obviously that means all the time, ideally, is a vision of living and weaving in prayer and a heart for Christ and the Father through all we do, but certainly in the morning, a dedicated time. Now, this is key because when I do a survey of men who are in the game, go to Mass, uh, retreat work, etc., most of them, and I'm talking 90%, do not have a daily prayer life. And when I press them further and ask the question, does that prayer life, those of you who do, consist of a time of being still and knowing that He is God? And the vast majority don't even know how to do that. They know it's a good thing. They know they feel fragmented, even though they'll be ethical throughout the day. They'll turn to God. They'll kind of have a mental turn to God in certain ways, and that's great, but they feel fragmented in what they're doing because they haven't learned to come into the presence of God, to be still, and experience that kind of unifying wholeness that intimacy in prayer results in. So could both of you maybe speak to men and women for that matter also about what steps they might take, how important it is, and how to do it in cultivating a personal prayer time. I mean, yeah, going back for me, to me, for me, it's kind of easy. I work down at the diocesan offices. We have a chapel down there. I can, I can, you know, I've got a great boss working for the Catholic Church. It's a little <laughs> easier to get away and just kind of pray for an extra, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes. 
and not get yelled at for not doing my work. Um, it's a little easier for me, but it wasn't always that way. Um, and, and whenever I says like, oh, you got to pray, and you you know you think like, oh, I got to go pray, and you think like, oh, I'm going to give an hour of my time away. Is just start small. I mean, I, I can't remember if it was um, you know, as Father Larry Richards always says, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, mm-hmm. no bed, and. Uh, even just five minutes of reading of the Bible, and that's, in my mind, that's a great prayer, mm-hmm. um, uh, just a simple way to start it off. Um, but just give it five minutes. If 20 minutes is too much, try five, mm-hmm. and then the next week, try six. And within a couple months, you're at 20, 30 minutes. Um, you just got to start somewhere and start small. Awesome. John Mark? Yeah, you know, you go through interesting seasons of the spiritual life, uh, and I, I must admit, I'm coming out of one now that I feel like I've been in a dozen times before, but, but here I find myself again where... Um, so I, I went to seminary briefly in 2006. I was there for a semester before I discerned out, but I picked up the, the habit that I still love, which is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, mm-hmm. um, particularly morning prayer, lauds, uh, vespers, and then compline. Uh, and then over the years, I've, I've put that down and picked it up and been more or less faithful to it at times. But one of the things I struggle with uh, is, you know, oftentimes my prayer... So I, I, go, I, go, I go through peaks and troughs. So I get really motivated, and I set myself a, a rigorous prayer routine, and I, and I stick to it for a while, but then I fall off, and I pick it back up. And, and one of the, the things that tends to happen to me is I tend to, on the, the peak periods end up just shoving those prayers in the day as, as bolt, um, you know, check boxes to check off the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the season I'm kind of coming out of right now. Actually, it coincided nicely with picking up Pentecost 90 because I realized that while I was really prioritizing these three liturgical prayers, which are beautiful prayers, I was kind of rushing through them, and they were mm-hmm. becoming just another set of check boxes on my daily list of things to do. Um, and you know, refocusing for a time now. I've, I've kind of set those aside. I pray some some days, but refocusing for this time period on the dedicated time of prayer, where I'm I'm kind of turning off my active mode and focusing on simply being in God's presence and receiving mm-hmm. and listening, reconnecting. That's been a really helpful thing. Uh, and I think one of the key practical pieces of that is the precisely the dedicated time. Um, you know, a dedicated amount of time. And I think that's even more important than what you do with the time. Mm-hmm. Again, I think fo- focusing too much of what we do with the time, trying to be efficient with it, plays a bit back into you know, our desire, especially our desire as men, to be productive, even to be productive in our prayer time. But this is the time to set that aside. This is God's time. This is the time you set aside to be with Him and let Him speak, if that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen during that time. That is great. So I think making that dedicated time and being faithful to it and being, again, committed to the presence, but not so much but I'm putting into it, getting out of it, but just being there with God, showing up and, and, and letting Him work. That is great wisdom, and I'm, I, I resonate with that thoroughly. So, folks, again, Ignite Radio Live, we're talking about Pentecost 90. Find out more at Pentecost90.us. And we're really all about igniting men in everyday faith. So even though it began in June, begin any time. I mean, this is going to be a continuation kind of thing to help create a consciousness, a commitment among men to receive that grace in the richness of our Catholic faith. Just kind of a neat note, when the very first week when these brothers whom you're on the phone right now and others were praying into this, you know, really opened the door to others whom I asked for prayerful support, friends at a national level, and literally I was so moved and encouraged at how many responded literally within 24 hours. Some of those names, Joe Campo, Patrick Coffey, 
Coffin, Father Nathan Cromley, Dan Demite, Justin Fatika, John Mark Gorda here on the phone, Michael Hernan, Peter Herbeck, Ralph Martin, Patrick Rice, Father John Ricardo, Devin Schott, uh, Bob Schutz, Tim Staples, Father Matthias Thalen, John Wood, Ken Yasinski. So these are all men with very uh, wonderful Catholic ministries and endeavors who similarly see this need after their programming events and engagement, their, their ministries, to share a kind of awareness of what are some basic things we can do to receive that grace. So let's turn, uh, brothers, to another of the commitments, number five, which I think is another huge challenge for men and meets them with a lot of fear, and many weren't really formed well to do this, and that is family leadership. I'm just going to read through this. It's fairly short. A husband and father is uniquely appointed and anointed by God to preside over the spiritual atmosphere of the home. We get that from Ephesians 5.23. Minimally, we commit to A, a weekly dedicated time of leading our families in meaningful talking and praying. B, presiding over all media consumption, ensuring time and content is consistent with forming disciples of Jesus Christ. And as we've been talking about, and Brett gave just some great witness there, we strongly encourage no-sell Sundays. No personal digital devices except an absolute necessity. Particularly on the Lord's Day, this is a small way to reclaim the real Lord. So I want to ask you, brothers, um, particularly that point about leading our families and talking and praying on a weekly basis. Do you see that struggle among brothers, and how might you encourage them? What words of encouragement might you give them to maybe reclaim territory and what they can look forward to getting out of it if they do? Let's start with you, Brett. Uh, for us, so we are. So we're also uh, on the uh, road show. Um, <laughs> I like uh, family road show. <laughs> so we're doing the live it Ga- gathering guide, and we've been doing it for a while now as a family. And that's just really good. We've always tried to do at least a weekly rosary. Um, we pray together every single night, uh, mostly together as a family. Maybe without the youngest, if he goes to bed early. Um, but we always uh, we pray over one another, um, and we've dedicated a day of the week uh, to each of our family members. So Monday's my oldest daughter, and then uh, Tuesday's Vaughn, Wednesday's Colby, Thursday's Ellen and the twins, and then Friday's myself, and then Saturday and Sunday we pray for family and friends. And so we, we've actually, so mostly myself or Ellen will pray over the kids, but we, lately we've been asking our children to pray over one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a really cool mm-hmm. experience because they, they, some of them, sometimes they know what to say. They hear mom or dad say something, and um, maybe it's just all they say is, come Holy Spirit, and that's about all their prayer is. But it's, it's just absolutely beautiful to see that. Um, talking to other fathers, uh, talking to other, and I wasn't necessarily raised in a home that we prayed over one another. We prayed in our family, but not to that extent. And so um, talking to other families, other dads that I know, um, there's very little prayer uh, except for maybe a a, a stock bedroom bedtime prayer, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's it. So um, I just wish more, more men would step up. Uh, and lead their families, especially uh, in the prayer department. Brett, did you have to overcome some inertia? I thank you for that testimony, by the way, mm-hmm. and I know you experienced what you just said. Um, I don't know, just if you can connect with brothers right now who are listening, they get the truth and the beauty of what you're saying, but what's that first hurdle they need to overcome that you might encourage them to, and then to John Mark? Awkwardness. I mean, it's just, uh, it feels awkward. It feels mm-hmm. like, oh, this is weird. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm praying over somebody else, or like, I, I, I don't, I'm not worthy of this, a priest or deacon maybe, but not, not me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just a, 
Um, but but remember, as baptized, we are what priest, prophet, and king. Um, we need to step up and be that. So it's just it's awkward. It's it's maybe weird. You just don't know what to say sometimes. Like like John Mark said, it's not necessarily what we say. Um, but it's just doing it, even just simply putting our hand over our child's, uh, you know, over our children, uh, and and just simply doing maybe a quiet prayer, even, um, but just saying, mm-hmm. "Come, Holy Spirit," and allow the, the the Spirit to work through you. It's it's awkward, I would say. It's mm-hmm. just weird sometimes if you've never done it before, you've never experienced it before. I agree. And the beauty is, when you do it, though, you create familiarity with your children. You create a culture. Mm-hmm of expectation. You literally open up uh, their awareness and they can, like a radio station, learn to tune in to God and, and have this, certainly the beautiful liturgy we have in the Mass is the Source and Summit, but in this intimate personal place called home, we give them that personal dimension that's at the heart of religion and ritual. John Mark? Yeah, you know, for me, neither by temperament nor by upbringing necessarily do I have sort of the the, the charismatic gifts, uh, an example that you guys have, and so one of my strategies for our family is simply to hang, to hang, to hang out with the Schluters and the Hunterbrinkers <laughs> and other families that seem to have a real comfort level with this. So we, we've come a long way. Um, I, again, I think, as you said, Brett, that the important thing, especially as men, is to take the first step and just do it, you know, and embrace the Embrace the cringe, embrace the awkwardness, because that's your job. Your your job is to take that first step and be crucified a little bit by it. You know, mm-hmm. who else Love is going to do it if not you? It's your job to take that first step. Uh, also, I think along with it, um, something that has come up many times in a couple of the small men's groups I've been involved with the past couple of years is, you know, many men desire this. They've, they've seen snippets of it, um, but they they don't have a long standing examples of it that they can draw from, but they desire to have this prayer life with their wives and with their families. Um, but I think one thing that we always recognize, too, is that in many cases, most of us needed to even take a step back first and realize, you know what, I need to, to be more intentional with building this relationship with my wife, yes. building that intimacy, building that vulnerability there in general, so that to, to lessen that awkwardness a little bit, so that I'm, we're not coming into this blind, like I'm just inserting this into, so the, into the, the family space uh, without warning, but that this is already something that, that she and I have talked about. We've shared our hearts together. We've made a plan for this, and that this is something we're working on together. And so I think you, as men, we have to attack it on both angles. We have to do it even when maybe our, 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 our we and our wives and our families aren't fully ready for it, like, you know, long before uh, it ceases to be awkward. But also, in the meantime, we need to continue to build, you know, uh, those relationships, and, and especially with our wives, that this is a conversation we're having together, we're on the same page, we're, we're, we have the same goals in mind for our family, and so that when we take steps in the direction of bringing this prayer and discussion into our family life, it's something that we're working at together. That's awesome. awesome. Uh, Stephanie, as the beautiful feminine genius in the room, could you speak perhaps, to those men who are still reluctant. They know they want to take the step, and we've had some great encouragement and wisdom here tonight. And, of course, Pentecost90.us is a way you, you brothers who are listening right now can plug in and journey together. In fact, in this region, we meet at our house the second Monday at 8 o'clock, I think is the time, 8 o'clock to 9, to uh, really encourage each other in these things. So if you're in the region, we warmly welcome you, men, if you're going to make that commitment. Make the commitment first. But, Steph, maybe speak to men in terms of what 
the wives' desire for men at some level to be about God and to be about leadership and the gift that it can be. So just thinking about different women that I've known throughout the years in present day, um, I'd have to say maybe two categories. One, where the the beauty and grace and gift and fruit of the husband who is leading, and it's just a very welcomed um right thing and those wives are so grateful and supportive and um growing together you know as john mark was describing so beautifully living that out and then there are those who you know so long for it just really desire it and oftentimes those are the same women who unfortunately have grasped on to that uh spiritual leadership role because the vacuum was there and even though you know, that need is there. It is still not the role of the woman to do that. It's the role to encourage that husband, certainly pray, you know, with the kids and do different things. But the greatest thing that, you know, they are able to do is to step back and relinquish that and just encourage the husband. I don't know if that answers your no, question. Beautiful. I you two lost big the... things. I just want to say brothers and women and their sisters, if this is appealing to you but you're still scared or like I don't even know where to begin, please contact me. Who knows what how we might respond, but we are deeply committed. I know John Mark and Brett are also with their wives to helping you uh, ease you into this and give you a familiarity with it in whatever fashion. In other words, maybe this Pentecost 90 is too scary, but uh, maybe just Alive at MassImpact.us. Send me an email. Alive at MassImpact.us. And simply say, I really want to do this. Maybe my husband's not into it, or maybe my wife's having issues. But help us. Mentor us. Let's close in a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, you've made us in your likeness and image. In our capacity to love, we image you. And you gave us our homes as places to forge us for eternity. Help us to receive that grace. That we become the most that you call us to be, abundantly and overflowing to this world for your glory. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.